What's going on, y'all? It's Jared giving you what you need in news and interviews. And today on the Land Your Legend Show, I have Mr. Larry Barabino Jr. Welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. Thank you for being on here. So Larry is born from New Orleans. He's currently the CEO of NOAA, New Orleans Recreational Department. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself to my listeners? Sure. Uh, first of all, good evening, everyone. And I want to thank you all for chiming in and uh, talking with my guy, Jared. Uh, my name is again, Larry Barabino Jr. And I'm the CEO of New Orleans Recreations Development Commission, famously known as NORD. Um, born and raised in New Orleans, a, a Seventh War guy. I grew up uh, in St. Bernard Housing Development. I uh, attended Phillips Elementary, Phillips Junior High. Um, a gr- I was a proud graduate, Joan F. Kennedy. Also, I'm a graduate of Southern University at New Orleans, and I'm just a, a naturally native New Orleanian. All right, all right, all right. So um, before we get into the interview, remember y'all, make sure y'all like, follow, share this video, um, comment, subscribe, very appreciative. All right, so let's talk about your story. Let's talk about where you, um, we already said where you come from. So let's see how you, how did you arrive from coming from being raised in New Orleans all the way up to the ranks of CEO of Newark? Sure. Sure. I I tell, I tell folks that, you know, my, my story is, I guess in a sense unique because I started my career at Nord at Willie Hall playground back in 1979, uh, at eight years old. Uh, playing football for Willie Hall, playground baseball. And over the years, uh, played at Willie Hall afterwards while uh, in college. And I didn't go to college, actually, till I was 21 years old. I'm, I'm a person that, you know, grew up chasing, just wanted to enjoy life and really didn't have the, the direction that I needed as it relates to going to college while coming out of high school. My mom was a work at a cross department store. My dad was a work at Winn-Dixie Warehouse at that time. And then he wound up working at uh, St. Louis Cathedral where he just retired. But my parents instilled that you need to go to work. You need to go to work. You need to go to work. Um, so I, after finishing high school, I went to Delgado Community College and got a certification in welding. And it was funny how I did that because my dad was like, listen, you need a job after graduating high school. It's like, you need a job. And I was like, okay, we'll pay money. So going to the newspaper, I said, okay, welders make pretty nice money. So I looked at Delgado and I went to a training program where I became certified in 1990. I went from 89 to 90. I got certified in Meg Tig, Hilliard, and Stick Welding. And I went straight to work to, it was American Marine Shipyard. And I came to find out what hard work really was. We worked 12 hours a day, six days a week. The only day I had off was Sundays and all I did was rest that Sunday. (laughs) I was was 19 years old, 19 years old. And I was working and I'm working there for a while. And I had an old guy who was a ship fitter that always told me working there. He was like, you different kept telling me, say, you different. You don't belong here. And I'm like, what you mean? 
He was like, you, you different, older guy. And he's like, man, listen. He said, this trade pays real good money. He was a ship fitter, older guy. He said, but I work hard because I don't want my kids to work this hard. I've sent all my kids to college. And he said, of the guys that I see coming through this yard and working at this yard, he said, there's something different about you. And he would always talk to me, talk to me. And one day had a foreman that just was hard on me. And the guy looked, he said, it's not for you. And I said, you know what? You're right. I quit. I quit. I got up. I quit. I said, man, I'm going to school. You know, and he clapped. He said, I don't want to see you no more. But in the process, he said, I don't want to see you here no more. You know, so I left, you know, and I, I enrolled in um, Delgado in 19, I'm sorry, I dealt, enrolled in Suno in 1991. Oh, so and you, you didn't go to Delgado? Oh, you went to Delgado for welding. I went to Delgado for welding. Yeah, 89, okay, I 90, went out of high school. But I enrolled oh, in Suno in 1991. And while at Suno, I'm going around the neighborhood and going around the playground. And my old coach told me, he said, man, he said, listen, Coach Melvin Fatbush, he's known as Coach Fat. Coach Fat said, Larry, I need you to do something for these kids that I did for you out this neighborhood. I found old St. Bernard Housing Project, Willie Hall. I said, what's that, Coach? He said, listen, I, I need you to come coach. I said, Coach, I don't have time. I'm, I was working at LSU at the time. I was... Um, going to Suno. I said, Coach, I don't have time. He said, listen, he said, I just need you to show up the day of the game and give them kids a ride, man. He said, I, he said, you remember when you was a kid and y'all used to have to come to the park and pay Mr. Green a quarter to get in the back of his truck to go to the game? I said, yeah. He said, I need you to come and get these kids a ride. He said, because they don't even have a quarter. <laughs> you know, so I said, okay. So I showed up. It was funny. Myself and a good friend of mine, Key Branch, we showed up out there Get the kids a ride. We're at the sideline, you know. But one thing he did, I'm going to tell you something that he did that that right now that I still, I do. When I showed up out there, he introduced me to all the kids. He said, okay, y'all, listen, this Coach Larry and Coach Keith, he gave us a title. Instantly, he said, it's Coach Larry and Coach Keith. It's like, okay. So we gave him a ride. So we joke and we say, I guess we're the coaches that give rides, you know. So we go <laughs> to the game and we're on the sideline. So we try to give input. And Coach Fat was saying, hold up, no, uh-uh-uh, stop. So we're trying to give input. He said, stop. I said, Coach, why can't, you know, I know the kids from the neighborhood. He said, listen, until you come to practice, you can't give input in the game. He said, you could give them rides, and you could buy them hamburgers after the game, but you can't give input. So we started going to practice in 1991, and I started coaching at Willie Hall, and from there, while in college, when I graduated college, I was still coaching in Willie Hall and the position came open to manage Nord St. Bernard Recreational Center in the neighborhood. So the, so we had a big meeting because the, um, the center manager was never there. We'll take the kids to a game and we'll come back in a, the center lock, the kids' school uniforms and clothes in there. We can't get them. So we called to meet with Nord. The community called to meet with Nord. So the, so the, the then Nord director was Angel Wilson. And they said, hey, listen, OK, we can get rid of him. Do y'all have someone y'all could recommend? So the community member said, Coach Larry, he have a degree. Just like that. Just like that. He have a degree. So I said, OK, so I applied for the job. I got the job. I started work. So I graduated. Well, let me say this. I coached and I graduated college in 96. So I applied for the job and I started working the, towards the end of 96 
at St. Bernard Center. And that's what started my NAR career. But I always tell folks my NAR career started at the playground. You know, that's it started at a playground, coming back, volunteer coaching. You know, so I started working for NARD. I, I did about five, six years at St. Bernard Center until I left and worked for Tulane University as a senior programs manager. And um, Katrina hit, and I was asked to apply for the NARD's director position under Mercy Renegan then. And I applied, and I was given a position initially as the interim director, and then I became the director of NARD. And from there, I worked through that through his term, and I left and went and worked for a children's defense fund for Charles Bell. And then I started uh, my own consultant firm, the, the Barabino Consultant, the Barabino, L, the Barabino Group, LLC. And I started doing some FEMA work down in St. Bernard Parish. And then I wound up uh, working for Hano. And I did eight years working at Hano. Uh, I managed the DBE, WBE Section 3 programming for Hano for about seven years. And then, uh, of course, under American Trail, they announced that they were looking for uh, a new CEO of NARD. And it was doing a national search. And I was asked by a few friends and a few influential people to say, hey, man, listen, submit your resume. So I submitted my resume and out of 100 plus candidates, out of 100 plus uh, resumes they received, they broke it down to about 15 candidates that they did phone interviews with. Out of the 15 candidates that they did the phone interviews with, they broke it down to three that did in-person interviews. So we did a we did an in-person interview with the community out of city council chambers. It was an open forum. And then from there, we did an interview with the NAR commissioners. And then we did an interview, one on one interview with the mayor. And from that, I was selected unanimously from the search committee and the commission to be the next CEO of NARD. And, you know, so it's not like it was a political favor or anything. I went through a true process, through a national search to come out to be the CEO of NARD. What's going on, y'all? It's Jared from the Land Your Legends podcast, giving you some information about Forex trading. If you're unfamiliar with Forex, Forex is a Forex exchange, stock exchange, pretty much. All you do is trade on currency from around the world, four different Forex markets. If you want more information about getting into the Forex game, hit up my website at im.academy forward slash jma99. Again, that website is im.academy forward slash jma999. If you're unfamiliar with trading or Forex, this website and this team will give you all the information and tools that you need to succeed. Um, you can utilize the tools, you can utilize the classes, you can utilize their membership, their other members who are willing to assist you whenever you have any questions. It's like another community that's trying to make you money. It's another revenue stream. Always remember, a millionaire has seven streams of income. This can be another one for you. Wow, that's that's what's up. That's nice. Uh, so how was it um, going through the interview process? What were some of the questions? Because a lot of people don't have insight. How someone who's applying to be a CEO of an organization? How? how so what, give me some type of questions they will ask you. Sure. I mean, well, listen. One of the first questions, and I tell people this when I do interviews. And I don't do it too often, but when I do interviews, 
the first question I ask, and this is a question that everyone, everyone should try to score 100 on is, tell me about the organization you're applying for. If you can't tell me about the organization that you're applying for, why are you the right person for the job? I've hosted interviews for some key positions with Nord, and I would ask that question, and persons would tell me, well, you know, Nord do football and baseball, and, you know, they do the sports and this and that. And believe it or not, the sports of Nord is only one component of it. You know, I manage a $16 million budget. We have almost 200 properties, you know, and I was able to give them the story of Nord. I knew that Nord started in 1947 under Mayor Delishep Chep Morrison, who, uh, had, who was the first person to get Nord started. And Nord's initial playgrounds were adjacent to elementary schools because Nord then served K through sixth grade, uh, K through sixth grade kids because back then junior high schools had all of its own sports and activity programs. So did high schools, but their initial group that they they served were K through sixth grade. And Nord initial employees were school teachers, were educators. Most of Nord original playgrounds and etc. were plant were operated were managed by the PE teachers of the schools that was adjacent to it. The primary persons that weren't weren't educators that worked for Noah was the administrative side, you know, but also part of my interview process, you know, we asked about the budget and managing the budget of Noah and how does the budget work? And, you know, there were questions that was asked, well, if this playground received less money than that playground, how can you make them equal? And to no city government, is in particular Nord. Nord budget isn't broken down by individual sites. Nord budget breaks down by divisions. There's the administrative side of Nord. There's the recreational centers. There are playgrounds. There's maintenance. There's aquatics, and there's multi programs. Nord budget breaks down to to those divisions. Then you have two sides of the budget. You have the personnel side which is the, the staff and salaries. Then you have the operational side, which is the money to put on the programs, to buy the supplies, equipment, things like that. Nord also receives a little over $1 million in CDBG funding, Community Development Block Grant funds, which is used to host summer programs. That's why Nord either hires staff to host summer programs a partner with other entities and agencies that will come in and host programs at North facilities or at their facilities. And I guess by me being the past director of NORD, I knew the inner workings of the budget. I knew how everything broke down. So going through the interview process, and of course, there's always the question of, you know, questions always ask, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? And often yeah. enough, when asked those questions on an interview, your weakness should actually be a strength. You know, meaning that if you ask my weakness, my weakness is I don't give up on a project. I work, I see it through, you know, and it's, it's, it's my continuous dedication to a project. Some folks consider that as a weakness at times, but you know, it's, it's, and it's also, I'm big on building morale building the staff's morale. I work great as a team, but I do fine on individual projects. 
you have to be able to do both. You know, so those are some of the kind of interview questions that's asked, you know, how how do you handle situations with IRA parents with uh, different activities? Because we do serve the public. We do serve the public, you know, and there's certain things that you have to do and there's, you know, certain ways you have to know how to manage that. But, you know, that's that's a lot. I didn't even realize and you know CEO had to manage all that. Okay. Yes. So so you're doing all that, and then this pesky little thing called COVID um, affects the world. So how did that impact you running your operation in Nord? Since we can um, since we all couldn't be near each other, we had to practice social distancing, wear masks, everybody working from home. So how did that impact the organization? Yeah, you know what? I'll tell you what, that's that's a phenomenal question. One thing that I say is I always speak to folks and I always tell folks change is inevitable. Change is going to happen whether you want it to or not, whether you woke or sleep, whether you're paying attention or not. Change is going to happen. When COVID hit, the world had to stop, had to adjust and had to change. With Nord, we shut down all programs. We had to adjust. The, technically, the city in the world shut down. But but with our constituents and residents working from home or uh, 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 being at home, what did they do? If you paid attention, folks went out and started buying bicycles. Folks started going out, taking walks, going to parks, right. playgrounds. So we had to initially have some of our staff go on civil leave. Those persons that were able to work from home, where they were issued a laptop, and that was more or less the administrative side, the management side, were able to work from home. But our maintenance department never stopped. We we did two things. Our maintenance department continued to go out and clean parks, clean playgrounds, sanitize equipment, um, different things like that. However, we took advantage of it and took our work order list and we started repairing things. We started fixing HVAC systems in our building. We, well, we were able to, well, we had challenges of shutting facilities down. We were able to shut facilities down, drain our indoor swimming pools and repaint the swimming pools and freshen up the pools and do different things. But strategically, we took our cultural programs and we transitioned them to online. We took our FitNola programs to where that it was in person and you had 50 to sometimes 100 people at Milne Center doing line dance or doing uh, the fitness classes. Uh, and I would, you know, we took those programs and we transitioned them to Zoom classes and, tr- and started filming them and, and putting them on the Nord YouTube channel. So you can definitely go to nordc.org and you can go and see all of the programs that Nord offer. Uh, also, you can download the Nord app. It's Nord Commission app. You can download that app and you can see what's going on with Noah. But with that, as we shut down, as we went to cleaning, we went to pr- preparing and planning because we started looking at if we have to host summer camps, how would that look? So we knew that the kids were shut down from school. They were home from school and from March all the way coming through June. So we had some of our partners saying, hey, let's do virtual summer camps. I talked to our mayor, Mayor Cantrell, and she was like, and I also talked to Dr. Vegno, uh, she's the, the director of New Orleans Health Department, 
who we definitely leaned on heavy for guidance um, while navigating COVID. And they say, hey, Larry, listen, put together a plan and we'll see how you can do summer camps. So my team put together a plan. If you heard what I said, my team, I have a phenomenal team, a phenomenal staff at Nord. And we sat down, we put together a team with COVID guidelines. So the first thing happened is, is if you pull up at a Nord, if your kid was registered at a Nord camp and you pull up at the doors, you couldn't get out the car. You drop the kid off. The kid got his temperature checked. We asked the questions to the kids and the parents. Have you been around anyone that's been affected? Is anyone in the household sick, dealing with COVID? Um, if that kid had a high temperature, if that kid said they'd been around someone affected, they were put back in the car and they had to leave the camp and they couldn't come back until they had a negative um, COVID test result. But once they came into the building, we did a nine, I mean, we did a, a, a nine to one ratio. It was nine kids, one summer camp counselor, and they were in a group in one room every day of the camp. The kids couldn't co-mingle with other groups. They were called cohorts. So we had cohorts throughout the building, but the kids didn't co-mingle. The kids, they only played in their groups. We had hand sanitizer, we had extra staff cleaning the building. The staff and everyone was required to wear masks. No one can come in the building. Um, the only person that was able to, uh, that were allowed in the building was the staff that was working. No outsiders could come in the building at all. However, the great thing about it, Dr. Vegno set it up with us, and I'm grateful for the partnership we had with Ashna, is our camp counselors took a COVID test every week. Every week. And, okay. and they were out of out of the six weeks of summer camps and out of the 20 summer camps we hosted, we had three people to test positive. But when they tested positive, we got the results back on that Sunday. They tested that Thursday or Friday. We got the results back that Sunday. That person was shut down and they group their cohort, the nine kids that they work with. They were shut down as well. They were called that Sunday not to report to camp. Um until they set out 14 days with no symptoms and are tested on um, negative to be able to return and it worked and listen the schools paid attention you know i was talking to different parks and rec departments around the country because we did a weekly conference call the parks and recs uh directors and executive directors and leaders around the country and i was explaining to them how we did it the biggest thing we did was one we kept those kids in their group Every group had their own everything. They own ball, they own equipment, they own electronics, and we, we sterilized everything, sanitized everything every day, multiple times a day. And the key thing was doing the testing. So, so, so that was big for us. But when we were able to open up, the first things we opened up were our tennis facilities, because tennis is a non-contact sport. We open up our outdoor programs. And if a person have not been to Joe Brown, you need to visit Joe Brown. Excuse me. We have a, a phenomenal outdoors program at Joe Brown. Yeah, yeah, you meant archery. We have archery. We have canoeing. We have fishing. We have camping. Yes, we have a okay, phenomenal outdoor program. I didn't know that. What's going on, y'all? It's Jared from the Land Young Legends Podcast. Thank y'all for listening. 
to the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed, like, follow, leave a rating. Do everything you need to get the message out by the Lane and Legend podcast. We appreciate you all listening. Enjoy the show. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, also got did a new stadium as well, right? Didn't you redo the stadium out, Joe Brown? Actually, they didn't redo it. They built a brand new one. That's a brand new turf football stadium that was sponsored by Nike and Allstate Sugar Bowl. And that's also a track and field stadium that's also sponsored by Nike and Allstate Sugar Bowl. And there's also an indoor swimming pool. That's another thing that we did is just as we were looking at the guidelines as it relates to aquatic programs and we opened swimming pools, but they were restricted to uh, lane swim only. Based upon CDC guidelines, we couldn't do the community swim. We couldn't do the group swim. We were only able to do lane swim, lap swim only, where a person was able to swim up and down in their lane. So and everything is done by an appointment. We were able to open. Uh, we have 11 multipurpose centers. Six of the multipurpose centers have fitness rooms. Um, you can go on NOR's website, norc.org. And look, and you can also, we have everything set up today by reservation. So you can schedule an appointment to go to the pool or go to the, to the fitness center and work out. And, and we have it set up by reservations to ensure that everyone have their fair opportunity to go swimming. And, of, of course, participate in those other programs. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. All right. That's, that's good information. I didn't even know that all the stuff you did about camping and stuff like that. Cool. Yes. All right. So uh, how was it? Um, I know you did, did with like sports and parents get a little crazy. So uh, <laughs> how do you handle the irate parent who thinks their son um, deserves to be treated differently or better or they need to be on an all-star team or something like that? Sure. Listen, one, one thing I tell my staff to do is always remain respectful. However, mm. If, if a parent gets out of control and becomes a threat or danger, you know, we call the police. Um, and, but at our football games, we have either uh, NOPD or the Orleans Sheriff's officers there. Um, but, you know, we have a phenomenal partnership relationship with NOPD, with the different district commanders and captains. And it's unfortunate, you know, it's very unfortunate of some of the challenges that we face with parents for five, six-year-old, 12, 11, 12, 13-year-old kids, you know, but it what, what it does is, and this is what I explain to the coaches, and I tell the coaches, I say, hey, man, listen, they're the three most important men in a young man's life. One is dad. The second one is grandpa or papa or poppy, whatever we affectionately call them. And the third one is coach. And sometimes, unfortunately, the first two are not there. And coach is the only one that's there. Because every kid that played Little League sports anywhere in this world, they can, you, you ask them, they can always tell you who their coach was. Because coaches True. make a major impact in kids' lives. But I tell a coach, I say, hey, man, listen, I want you to pay attention. What you put out, they take in. So if you stand on the sideline and you cuss, or you get you get disrespectful with the officials and you're arguing with the, the officials or the umpires, the referees, whether it's football, baseball or basketball. If you're doing it, then that kid think it's all right and OK to do it because my coach did it. My coach talked crazy to him. So I can. But the, the biggest unfortunate side is, is to sit at some of these games and watch a parent from the stands screaming at the coach 
this man or woman that give two, three hours a day, four, five days a week, sometimes six days a week, spending their time coaching, training, teaching, mentoring these kids, screaming and howling at the coaches because they're not winning. Because the kid that they feel is not getting ample and fair playing time. What we try to tell all of our parents and even our coaches, those who try to live vicariously through these kids, is NORD is developmental recreations. It's for development. We're here to develop these kids because you'll see a kid that plays running back at a playground because he's real fast. Go to high school and become a cornerback. You know, often enough, you don't see these kids, the positions they're playing at a playground, be the positions that they play when they get to high school. You know, because the kids, often enough, their skill sets evolve. You know, so, but it's always a challenge. And, and for all your, your listeners, all your parents, you know, I ask them, when you go out there with your kids, remember what you're doing. Because often enough, sometimes you're ruining your kids' experience when you're an irate parent, you're ruining your kids' fun. When you're fussing and you're you're and you're performing out there, you know it's not about you. It's about that kid. Those kids are supposed to have fun. Right. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I've coached. I was uh, I coached a couple of in Melanie. <laughs> okay. Uh, I witnessed what you're discussing. Uh, they do a lot right, but uh. Most of the time it's fun. We having fun and uh, kids enjoy it. All right. Right. So what was that moment that you, uh, I would say, well, before I ask you that question. So what was the worst thing you think uh, you think you had to handle at Nord being the CEO? Wow. Um, the hardest thing I had to handle was, and it's throughout my course of being there, is losing staff members. Mm -hmm. Um, I've, I've, I've had staff members to pass because of COVID. Uh, I've had staff members to take sick at work and pass. Um, but one of the hardest things is losing a good staff member. Besides that, you know, when you're in management, you know, you have to be prepared to take disciplinary actions for persons that, that do not perform their job or do not want to do the right thing as it relates to the job. Now, I could tell you today, the hardest thing that I have to do today because of COVID, because of restrictions, is go to a playground and take a basketball goal and rim down and tell a kid that they can't be on this playground playing. Or go out to Joe Brown where you have kids out there playing flag football in, 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 in seven on seven. You have to shut that down because because of COVID guidelines, those are considered contact sports. And I've had a kid to tell me, mister, I could be on a corner doing horrible things. All I want to do is play basketball. And I tell him, I say, listen, man, I, I apologize. I truly apologize because we've always encouraged kids, get out the streets, go to the playgrounds, go to the rec centers, go do positive things, do things of that nature there. And now we're telling kids, now we're telling kids, hey, you can't go to the parks because basketball is a contact sport. We took we took over 130 basketball rims down from over 60 basketball courts citywide. Wow. 
Because the wow. CDC and the health department says that basketball is a contact sport. And, of course, bumping up, up to each other, being on top of each other, sweating, sneezing, breathing hard, can easily transmit it. These kids can transmit it. And the key thing is the kids survive, but they bring it home to their parents and their grandparents who might have underlying conditions who often enough are the ones that get sick and the ones that you have to worry about. That's the same as what we tell our kids uh, as it relates to, to sports. You know, we were able to do baseball and softball this season. And we told the parents, you know, we, the kids are right in a sense. We're worrying about you. We're worrying about the umpires. We're worrying about the coaches. We're worrying about the staff. Those are the persons that have underlying illnesses. You know, those are the persons that we're worrying about. Even when we managed baseball, we had the parents to bring out their own folding chairs to come out and they could practice social distancing and sit in their chest. Everyone was required to wear their mask. We had hand sanitizer stations throughout. So, you know, it's it's we're transforming and more or less transitioning to the new norm, which is hand sanitizers, masks, temperature checks, social distancing. Okay, cool. So what uh what sports are considered non-contact? Non-contact sports is swimming. Uh, baseball, track and field, volleyball is considered a semi-non-contact sport, but non-contact is we're hosting volleyball. Um, it's about it. Golf, Golf, you know, when you talk about the contact sports, contact sports is flag football, tackle football, basketball, rugby, uh, those kind of things are considered contact sports. Okay. And what uh what phase will they be enabled to play that? Would it be phase three, four? Right. Hey, listen, great question. So Nord is looking to allow uh, football practice in phase three and potential to games in phase four. And we're following the guidelines of the state. And that's what I had to make sure that our volunteer coaches understood was that it's not Larry Barabino Jr. that's saying you can't play football. Mm. This mandate comes from the state and the governor's office and the state's health department, the mayor's office, and also our health department that contact football will not be permitted until well, contact sports, phase three. Let me give you an example. High school sports in Louisiana is not slated to start until, excuse me, October, football, October. And the reason it's slated for October because they were projected to be in phase four by October. Nor is following suit with, with the state guidelines and also with the with uh, high school football. But however, also our mayor, our mayor runs Nord. You know, she runs the city, so should I say. And, and if the mayor says the city of New Orleans isn't doing contact sports, you know, so. I understand that. <laughs> Everybody got to follow the rules. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, uh, earlier you was talking about that you all had to transition to Zoom. Um, you built an app. So can you walk us through that process, how technology assists you running your organization? All right. So one thing I give credit to is my team. I have a phenomenal team. So I have a, a marketing person, uh, Michelle Thomas, and I have a, a, a communications person, 
Ashley Morrison, listen, hey, I stay in my lane. So I told them this is what we need to do. They got with our different directors. Um, we, we they set up the Zoom accounts. Um, so like I say, with our fit Nola classes, and 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 believe it or not, we have more folks that's participating in our cultural programs. Like you can go onto Nord's website, nordc.org and rdc.org, and you can log on to piano lessons. Uh, you can log on to arts lessons. You can log on to guitar lessons. You can also go and you can click the link that will lead you to uh, our Fitnola classes and those different programs, yoga and other classes that we do, uh, bar exercises, uh, line dancing, uh, a host of classes that you can do. And all the links to those are on our website because a lot of it is on our YouTube channel, NAR Commission. And of course, a lot of it's uh, on on our uh, our main website. So, but you can get all the links from our main website. Okay. Cool. Good. 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 All right. So, um, if somebody who wants to be uh, in a high level CEO position, what do you recommend them for them to do? Do you recommend them to? Just worry about concentrating on getting an education and maybe a master's degree as well. Get some high level certifications or just find out and work for somebody do internship and work. Just work your way up. Well, you know, I, I, I give you my story. My story, my path, you know, is unique. Um, You have you have some folks in a parks and rec because this is parks and rec. You have some folks in a parks and rec field that. um that you got to excuse me. My dog is coming up under the table. Homie. <laughs> no problem. I'm trying to move him out the way. Oh, he think I'm playing with him. But um, you have you have some folks that um that's that goes to. There's different uh, fields that you could take in college as it relates to parks and recs and recreational management and things of that nature. There um that you can do and you know it's it's a whole field. You know New Orleans. Is, is unique in its way, but you have, and throughout this country, man, you have hundreds, hundreds of parks and recs because every city, every state, every municipality has its own parks and recs. Um, and there's also the National Recs and Parks Association um, that persons can become members of, you know, so, but in New Orleans here, we, we have our commission. It's a 13 person commission uh, with the mayor being one of those persons on a commission. And um, if you're looking to get into this field, I recommend you start as a volunteer. You know, you start as a volunteer, you start as an intern, you find out what it's about, you look into it to see um, if, if, this, if it's, this is your interest. You look at the patch, you also have to look at the salaries to see if, if these are the, the wages that you're willing to live with. Um, because of course, you can only have one CEO at a time and and being the CEO of Nord um with the hopes of being there for years and for longevity. Um but there are other positions. There are uh the top positions at Nord you have like I'm the chief executive officer. We have Johanna Brightman who's the chief programming officer. You have Tamika Edmund who's the chief financial officer. You have Edgar Alexis whose title is now changing to the chief of facilities. And um so those are the top 
chief positions there, but we also we have directors that are high positions in there. There's an athletic director, a centers director, a management services director, a HR director. Um, we also have a multi-programs director, aquatics director, and a maintenance director. So, and under the, under those directors, they have managers. So you do have some high um, positions in Nord, but sometimes folks get in those positions and they live to retire, man. So, you know, it's, it's a great job. It's a great job. If you love serving the people and making a difference, you know, it's definitely a great job. Okay, cool. So being a CEO level position, especially a big organization as Nord, how's that work-life balance working out for you? Hey, listen, this, I, I love it. I mean, this is, this is something that I love doing. You know, doing this, and of course, I'm I'm involved in some some organizations that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but I, I I personally I try I tie everything in because you know I'm a I'm I'm a member of the board of directors, but I'm a member of Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club, where I am a member of the board of directors. Should I word that correctly? And also, we both I'm are. A we both are. We both yes, are. are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> And I'm also a member of the most worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Friend Accepted Masons of the state of Louisiana, um, where I'm a I'm a past master, which is one of the leaders of in masonry. And also I'm a 30-30 last degree mason, which is the highest you could be in masonry. And I'm a member of Platter Temple number 15 shrine. So I, I love it. You know, those are those are masonry is is one thing that when I graduated college, you know, masonry was is a way of life. Masonry helped shape my life and the brothers that I met during those travels, you know, also participated in helping me become the man that I am. Okay. Oh, cool. So uh when was that moment that you knew that Larry Bambino was successful? <sighs> I'm still waiting on that moment. Still waiting because on it's all on, it's, it's all on how you how you see success. Um, okay. But let me say this. Larry Barabino became successful when I met my mate, when I became a family man, when I wake up and I see my kids, my daughter, who is a graduate of Tulane University, and she is also received, just received a master's degree in licensure from, from SUNO, Southern University at New Orleans. My son is a junior at Southern University in Baton Rouge, where he's a baseball player, and he's uh, living his good life. And that's how I measure my success. My success isn't measured on wealth is measured on my happiness is measured on what I my contributions to this world is measured on what I can do for others more than what others can do for me that's how I measure my success so folks often see success differently because if you measure success around a job today or tomorrow you could be laid off today or tomorrow your company can go out of business today or tomorrow you could be terminated. That doesn't mean you're not successful anymore. So it's all on how you measure your success. And my success is my family. My success is my path that I've traveled 
to become the man that I am. One thing that I say is, and my statement is, you cannot become what you want by remaining who you are. You have to change. You have to be prepared for change in order to grow. All right. Yeah, that's that's a power. That's a power statement right there. <laughs> You're getting praise and comments. <laughs> Shout out to Senator Taylor. <laughs> and listen, give you give you my correction. I saw my my um Instagram pass. It's actually L A R A B I N O. It's at L A R A B I N O. Is my um my Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Okay. I got you. Got you. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Okay, so uh, got a couple more questions for you. So, being in this terminus uh, environment that we're in right now, being a man of color, have you ever felt any uh, racism or any slight because of the color of your skin, especially being a black male? Yes, um, and it's funny, but yes. And let me tell you how it's it's. I've traveled this country going to uh, conferences going to conventions and often when I walk in the room, you often have people that we're from New Orleans. Let me say that we're from New Orleans. You know how they say in New Orleans, we always, we greet everyone with a hug and a kiss. Hi, your mama there, you know, hands and that's so you good morning, good evening, good night. You know, that's what we do in New Orleans. Well, I've been to places, I've been around people. I say, hey, good morning. And they walk past, but spoke to the person across from me. I talked to the person across from me and haven't talked to me. Um, I've experienced that. Um, and, and, and it's unfortunate. You talk about success. Is I've, I've experienced that until I was introduced and introduced as the CEO of the NOR Commission. And then I've had folks say, oh, hey, how you doing? I want to introduce myself. Because they see that it's power. But to me, mm. I tell my friends, listen, in my old neighborhood, it's real funny. My friends call me late, L-A-Y. And I go in the old neighborhood and I see them. They call, hey, what's up, Mr. Barabin? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm still that same guy you grew up with. I've just advanced professionally. But I'm still like the same guy. I, I haven't changed. I'm, I've always treated you respect. I always laughed and joked respectfully with you. But you know, when I come around Zulu, man, I talk to from the front door to the back door to the side yard. You know, my title don't make me who I am. I am who I am. You know, but I, I listen. I have experienced it, especially in, in and you feel the tension as a black man. You know, especially if I'm not in a suit, or dressed up. If I'm in a t-shirt and some jeans and some tennis, or etc., I'm looked at as any other black man that's walking through a neighborhood or walking through the mall or walking through it, you know, because at that point, you know, it's like, hey, it's another black guy in a t-shirt. I need to watch him. I've experienced it. I've experienced it, you know, going into a store and, a, and, a, and, and I walked into a high end store with some jeans on and or some shorts on and a t-shirt and some slippers, uh, you know, some 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 casual summer slippers, uh, some some tennis, and I, I've felt someone staring at me, uh, notice someone walking around while I'm walking around. I've I've experienced it, you know. So 
it, it, it doesn't matter the, the, the level of quote unquote success you achieve as it relates to professionalism. If I dress with my pants hanging and a t-shirt on and my G Nikes, I'm seeing that no different than nobody else because I'm a black man. I'm viewed different if I have on my suit and my tie and walk in, the, in an establishment. I'm, of course, I'm viewed different. But if I have on my T-shirt with my gold chain and my, my shorts and my jeans and my tennis, I'm no different than a guy that, that works anywhere else. That a guy that whether getting off Burger King or getting off and working City Park or not working at all. You know, I'm a black man. Right. And so it, it and I tell folks, man, it it I, I grew up in the St. Bernard housing project. So I've had my experience of being slammed on the hood of a police car, being searched for no reason, being stopped for no reason, being frisked for no reason. You know, I've I've had those experiences growing up. And then when you're looking at them, oh, what you looking at me like that for you? What you, what you smart? And you know what? I, I sit back and I bite my lip and say, no, sir. Yes, sir. But one thing that my dad told me, and I, I give my dad credit. My dad says, son, when I was young, he said, let me tell you about the police. You get mad with him. He said, but it's one you. It's over a thousand of them. <laughs> you don't want to pick a fight with the police because it's one you and it's over a thousand of them. You can't win that fight. You know, and, and, and to me, I tell, I have a, listen, my son just talking about, he's 20 years old. My son drives around in a real nice Jeep. And I tell him, I say, man, listen, a Jeep is nice. I say, but if the police stop you, it's yes, sir. No, sir. You, you provide your license, registration, insurance. And listen, you adhere to what they're telling you. Anything else, just do that. I don't care if they say we're going to take you to jail. You go. I'm going to handle everything else. I'm going to handle everything else. I don't need you fussing. I don't need you. You don't need to prove nothing. Yes, sir. No, sir. Give them what they need. I'll be there as soon as I get the call. You know, but it's unfortunate that we have to teach our young sons this. I fear for my son when he's out in the street. And listen, I fear from period when he's out in the street, not just the police. You know, I fear for what goes on in, in different communities and, and, and not just any community. It happens all over. You know, I, I, I pray for my son and he's away up in Baton Rouge and at school. And I talk to him several times a day and I'm not calling him to check on. I'm just calling him to make sure I can still hear his voice. I talk to him in the morning when he finishes work. I with baseball. I talk to him at night. Wake him up sometimes. Just call him to check on him. You know, and I just want to hear his voice. Make sure he's good. And it's unfortunate wow. I don't have that same fear for my daughter. But I definitely have it for my son. Uh, that's, some good, that's some good information right there. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, can you let the people know where they can follow you on social media? You know, all social media outlets, please. And no sure. media outlets. Sure. sure. So listen, one of the key things I want you guys to do is go to the NOR website, norc.org. Um, 
go on that website, look at the different programs. One thing that we're, two things we're doing. Right now we're doing our uh, learning hubs in partnership with the Mayor's Office of Youth and Families so that those kids that don't have Wi-Fi at their house uh, and having challenges, we have learning hubs where kids could register. We have four centers right now to where that kids are going during school hours and getting assistance while doing their online learning, the virtual learning at school. You can go to Noah's website to find that out. Also, what we're going to be doing starting after Labor Day is Noah is having the after school uh, enrichment programs where you can go online. You'll be able to register your kids. They can get assistance at all 12 of Noah Rec Center citywide. They can get assistance with uh with their homework and their, and their and their schoolwork, but also we have our cultural programs that'll be starting back up. You know our ballet, tap, jazz, our cultural dance programs, our African dance programs. We have we partner with with Curtis Pierre with Casa Samba up at Annunciation, with Miss Greer down in the Lower Ninth Wall. We have a host of partners offering programs, but also we have the arts and crafts, the piano lessons, guitar lessons, a host of programs that we're offering. And everything is on our website. You can also download Nord app. Um, it's it's Nord Commission app. You could download it. We're doing the back to school supply giveaway. That's coming up. You need to go to Nord's website to find that out. We're going to be doing it from three locations: from Joe Brown, from Joe Brown Treme Center, and also uh, in Elgiz. So so go to the Nord website. Yes, sir. That's it right there. Go to Nord website. You can. Pull it up. You can find it. We're doing a host of things. You can for the parents, for the parents, you can go on and you can do the Zoom classes. You can get your exercise on in your home, in your home. You can do the different exercise on classes. Also with that, you can see there. you can do it on the YouTube classes. There's information about the app. You know, you can find out about the different programs um, by just clicking on the apps uh, and find out. But Nord also has Facebook. Nord also has Twitter. Nord has Instagram. You can follow those. Me personally, my Instagram is Larabino, L-A-R-A-B-I-N-O. Also, my um, Twitter is at Larabino Jr. And my um, my Facebook, Larabino Jr. Um, listen, we want you guys to stay safe during covid Make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're um, practicing and following doing the social distancing. And, you know, we want you guys to be patient with us because your safety is what's first. As it relates to uh, NAR Tackle Football, NAR Tackle Football, uh, we're looking to do that in phase three to start it up. Phase four, you know, playing games. If we're not able to have tackle football this fall, we will have it in the spring. We've committed to transition it to the spring and do track and field in the fall. If we can't do tackle football, we'll do track and field. But but also with that, <clears throat> for our young ladies, right now we're signing up for volleyball. Signing up for volleyball. You can go on the website, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can also go to um to the different rec centers and sign up for North Volleyball for the young ladies. We're trying to get young ladies more involved in programming. So definitely. Hey, Jared, man, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on. As, as a Zulu brother and as a friend, I appreciate you. I value you. You're doing a great job, a great thing with your podcast, man, and you definitely have my support. And listen, anytime you need me, 
I can come back on and give you more updates and information. Definitely. Okay. I appreciate you coming on the show. You gave a lot of great insight and information um, professionally and personally, and I appreciate that. That was some good information, especially about success and how you feel being a black man in America. So thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you as well. Um, remember, y'all, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and share this video. We got the media out here supporting people like who look like us that are in high-level positions and organizations. Um, we do more than just shoot basketball. We do more than act. We are here in the community. We are here working, trying to make everything better in our world. All right? So make sure you subscribe, like, and share. See you next week. Enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Oh, it's Memorial Day. Which one is it? Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. See you next week. We out. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great day. Let's go out to the field. This is Jared from the Lanyard Legends Podcast. Please check us out on all social media outlets at Lanyard underscore legends on Instagram, at Lanyard Legends at Twitter, at Lanyard Legends on Facebook. Uh, hit us up on all outlets. See y'all next time. Thank you for tuning in for the podcast.